are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on May 3rd of 2022. Uh, this week, we're going to bring back our first um, division breakdown of the year. Uh, not much has happened, so we'll just run through that, give you at least a, a standing of how things are looking through sort of the first month of the season. Uh, we'll basically do this at the beginning of every month uh, just to keep a general look of how the league is. But before we jump into that, how are you doing, Matt? Doing good. I uh, just uh, had a pretty good weekend and uh, just hanging out. Pretty, that's pretty much it. A little bit uh, doing the same thing all, over and over. So <laughs> Yeah. It seems that way. We can get in our to our uh, our own routines, but oh yeah, um, you know, looking at we'll we'll just look start looking at the uh, the AL East here, um, and really the the big storyline of the AL East so far has been the Yankees, and they are currently on a ten game win streak that allows them to have a two and a half game lead in the division over the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, the Yankees have been really solid so far this year. Um, really good on good all around. Their their pitching's been really really good um i think that's been kind of the key to them um and they've gotten some of that pitching from guys who you know you don't quite typically expect it from i mean guys like um uh king michael king like i mean that's been pretty crazy um you know i think it's um i think it's been very interesting I, obviously garrett cole even hasn't been the same garrett cole that we kind of come to expect but man um you know, the Yankees, they've been good. Like I say, 10 straight wins. Um, you know, Aaron Judge has been pitch, hitting real well. Um, you know, that they've just been a really solid team so far and uh, definitely deserving of being the leader in this division. Yeah, and then if you're looking at, a, you know, most most of us didn't really pick the Yankees to be the, uh, the win, uh, at least the leader in the division um, throughout the time. They really had this, this big hot streak that, you know, like catapulted them up after that slow start. But, you know, guys like Aaron Judge has been playing out of their minds this year. Um, you know, and they've got solid contributions all the way around. That bullpen has been really nice outside of Chapman, who struggled at times. But, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of – I feel like baseball is better when the Yankees are better. And even though a lot of people will probably hate me saying that, but it's been refreshing that they've gone on this win streak and – uh, you know, have the two and a half game lead at least through the first month of the season. I don't know how you how you feel about that. I mean, I don't I don't think so. I don't think it's better for a team a certain team to be good. I think that you know the only time that it's better is if there's a team in a new market that you're trying to reach that ends up doing really well. Like say you know if the Marlins when they first moved to Miami, if they went on a streak of like four or five years in a row where they won the division, you know, bringing in a new market. But I mean. Yankees fans could be Yankees fans. I don't think it's necessarily good for the game if if they're dominating every year. But either way, I mean, um, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, they're definitely a good team. And um, I don't know. I I just looked up. They're they're actually leading the American League in pitching war by a half a win, and uh, they have a 2.69 ERA as a team on the season, which is pretty insane. That leads the majors, so or is second in the majors behind Los Angeles Dodgers. That is pretty insane, especially with Cole not getting off to uh, to the best of starts. But, you know, looking through the rest of the division, like we mentioned, Toronto's second place, two and a half games back. Uh, Tampa is in third place, four games back. 
Um, Boston's in fourth at nine and 14 under 500. I don't think many people expected Boston to be under 500 um, even through the first month of their season. Uh, and they're eight games back of the division. And then Baltimore bringing up the rear of the division at eight and 15, nine games back. Yeah, so uh, a few few notes there. Uh, Baltimore's actually pitched really well. I think it's kind of one of the things that was interesting to look at. Uh, in fact, you talked about we talked about the Yankees and the Blue Jays are actually the top two in pitching wins above replacement pitching in the American League. Baltimore's number three, and they have a 360 team ERA. Um, they've been pretty good on the mound. Their their offense has just been a, on a historically bad strikeout pace, um, but. They, they've been pretty solid on the mound, uh, and that's without uh, John Means. I mean, they've had guys like Tyler Wells has done pretty well. Uh, Jorge Lopez in, in 11 innings has a 159 ERA. Bruce Zimmerman has been insanely good so far. He is a 0.93 ERA on the season through his first four starts. So, uh, you know, some of these under-the-radar type of guys, they've had a little bit of luck too, but um, they, they're definitely a, a team that is um, – they're definitely a team that that's been a little bit better than expected on the mound. Uh, some of those others, I mean, Toronto has been really good. They're going to be fine. You know, they've got obviously second place, but as good as the Yankees have been winning 10 straight games, I mean, the blue Jays are in second place by two games right now, two and a half games right now. They're 15 and nine. They've been good. The Rays have kind of been the normal Rays. I'm a little worried about their pitching. Hasn't been quite as good as it usually is. Um, but, I mean, their lineup, they find a way. Manuel Margot, they signed him to that extension in the offseason, um, which, you know, I don't think everybody liked all that much. But, um, you know, especially with the fact that they, uh, you know, that they had to make some moves like Austin Meadows to, to, to fit him in there. But Manuel Margot's been pretty good at the plate. Um, you know, 286 average, 357 on base. He hadn't hit, you know, for much power. But, um, you know, Wander Franco's been absolutely out of his mind, even though I would like to see him walk a little bit more. Um, but I mean, this team's good pitching leaders. I mean, Shane McClanahan has been really good. There's a guy on their uh, rotation that we'll talk about. We'll talk about in a little while that I, I wanted to mention, uh, but we'll talk about him and our players of the week. But um, I mean, they've been good. They do need to, I think they do need a little bit more, um, maybe a little more starting pitching, I guess. Um, you know, even though the way the Rays use their pitching is kind of like, Starting pitching isn't actually starting pitching, and bullpen pitching isn't actually bullpen pitching. So uh, they've been good. And the Red Sox offense has been good. Pitching's been bad. Uh, I think the Red Sox really need to get Trevor Story going offensively, though, because he's really struggled out the gate with that new contract. So, uh, but uh, definitely some uh, definitely some good pieces there. Honestly, their pitching's been pretty terrible. Uh, outside of maybe Nathan Evaldi, has been pretty good. So uh, Michael Walker's also been pretty decent. So. Um, you know, definitely some interesting, um, interesting stuff with Boston, but they really need to improve on the mound to get to, to stay in the race this year. Yeah, and they've been having to use like Garrett Whitlock, um, who's been really good, was a, a one of their high leverage relievers last year. Who, you know, he's been a multi inning reliever um, the first couple times out this year, and then now they've actually started throwing him into the rotation a little bit. Um, he's been pretty solid throughout there, but you know, when you're having to take guys at your bullpen and try and throw them in there because your your starting pitching hasn't really been getting the job done. Um, and I know one of them is because they didn't have Tanner Houck in uh, Toronto because of the vaccine mandate or whatever. But, um, you know, like you mentioned, the offense, like Xander Bogarts is, is playing really well. J.D. Martinez is playing really well. Story has struggled. Um, Verdugo has, has been decent for them. 
Um, you know, a guy like they they counted on Kike a lot last year. He's really struggled to begin the season um, as well. You know, Jackie Bradley, you aren't getting anything out of him after you traded him for Hunter Renfro or traded back for him um, getting Hunter Renfro. So like you mentioned, that offense needs to, you know, they need to take a little step up with some of the supporting guys, but the pitching really does need to, uh, you know, find its way. Yeah, I want to mention real quick, too, that um, one guy, and Rafael Devers, and obviously everyone knows how good he is at the plate, but he's actually been really good defensively through the first month. Defensive metrics are very volatile, so uh, one month is way too small of a sample size, but it's something to look for going forward. He's actually been worth two outs above average, and he has a four UZR per 150, basically meaning he's a pretty well been a pretty well above average defensive player at third base so far it's actually coincided with a positive uh defensive value in, in his war calculation so uh, he's actually been positive in base running offense and defense and that's without him being super hot at the plate offensively uh, he's been good offensively as he always is but he hasn't been like scorching hot yet offensively so uh that's definitely something to look forward to going forward with with uh rafael devers is that he's actually been really good defensively so far which is something that was not super expected. So, yeah, I did notice that they were they were making a big point about that, and he's been really good. And yeah, he, uh, he definitely took a step forward this offseason in trying to improve that defense. So it's really uh really good to see, and especially when he gets hot at the plate, like he's one of the fun hitters to watch for sure. But let's jump over to the AL Central, where we have the Minnesota Twins leading the division with a fourteen and nine record. Um, Cleveland's sitting in second at ten and twelve, three and a half games back. And I'd say probably the surprise so far has been Chicago, um, the White Sox at thir- in third place with a nine and thirteen record, four and a half games back of the division. Yeah, the White Sox have been a little bit of a mess. Um, <clears throat> they just seem like they're not quite all together right now. Obviously, injuries have played a large part as they've had tons of pitching injuries. Uh, you know, Lucas Giolito's missed a couple starts. Uh, Lance Lynn hasn't pitched yet with with that with his injury. Um, They've had um, they've had injuries to uh, Garrett Crochet, one of their big bullpen pieces, has, is missing the season with Tommy John surgery. So that's been a big problem for them. Has been the injury bug, um, and, and then in the lineup too. I mean, they've had some some missed games from other guys. They've had missed games from uh, from uh, Eloy Jimenez. AJ Pollock has missed some games. Yoan Moncada has missed. I think he's missed all the games so far. I don't think he's played yet. So, uh, you know, they've been a little bit rough defensively. They've, they haven't done well. Um, in fact, they've been negative 13 value defensively. Um, there are some bright spots. Dylan Cease, you know, we talked about him a lot in the preseason. He's really looked the part as a, as that ace. Uh, he's looked like the guy we, we thought might be a breakout candidate and a, and a uh, you know, a potential Cy Young candidate if he breaks out to where we think he might. Uh, Kendall Graveman's been a really good signing so far. Lucas Giolito, who last year was was good, but not quite as good as we were thinking he might be. He's been that guy this year. He has a 2.57 ERA in his first three starts, even though, like I said, he did miss that one start. But uh, his peripheral numbers are really good so far too. But I mean, they've just had issues. Dallas Keuchel has been awful. I mean, uh, I mean, Liam Hendricks is a 4.82 ERA. Some of that's kind of a one game type thing. His peripherals don't back that up, but. Um, you know, this has been a team that is really struggling, especially defensively. Like I say, I mean, they've been a mess defensively. So, um, you know, they'll pick it up. They're not as bad as their record indicates, 9-13. and 13. They'll end up being a solid team. But, 
you know, there it's one of those situations where you can you can't win the division in April, but you can play your way out of it in April. And the White Sox have got a little bit of a hole to climb, and the Twins have been good enough to where I think the Twins are, you know, kind of in a good spot right now. Yeah, and and just to to further along that point, that you know the pitching has been really decent for the White Sox. They are based on the WAR from FanGraphs. They are the eleventh ranked pitching staff. And then if you look at their offense based on WAR, they're the twenty eighth best offense. Like they are bottom three in the league in offense, and you know offense and defense this year outside of the pitching staff. So I, I don't think any one of us expected that to begin the season. Um, but like the injuries have played a major part in that which we have mentioned but you know like you say they're still not all the way you know it's only four and a half games we're sitting here at the beginning of may but like you mentioned like you can play your way out of a division race very easily and the twins have looked really good i think better than their pitching staff has looked a lot better than people think like joe ryan has you know a guy who they trade got for uh for nelson cruz last year he's looked really good so far Dylan Bundy has looked pretty good in some of his starts. They don't even have Sonny Gray right now. Um, and, and that staff has looked pretty decent all around. Um, and they just, but they did lose, uh, just lose Miguel Sano to a torn meniscus. Um, so that he's having surgery. Him. Might help him, but um, <laughs> they did lose him at least. Um, you know, you always have the injury scares with Byron Buxton. We've had a couple this year. He had to miss a whole weekend series. Um you know, a couple weeks ago and then he got hit in the hand, but he's still, he's back playing now, but he had, I think he had to miss a game for that. So they're, they're going to go as far as Buxton can take them. If he can stay healthy, which is always the big if with that. Um, but so far the twins have looked, looked good. The, uh, the guardians have, you know, I think we've kind of expected they'd be right around this 500 area, maybe give or take a little bit each way. Um, they've, kind of played to that so far i think their offense have been just a little worse than we expected like franmil hasn't been good at all we've seen some of the other people struggle but they've had like steven kwan break out and kind of help that um i did see that they like dfa'd bobby bradley as well so he was their starting first baseman coming into the year um and they've already let him go uh looking at the the bottom two of the division we have detroit at seven and 14 six games back and kansas city's also seven and 14 six games back um, Kansas City did lose uh, Alberto Aldoberto Montesi to an ACL tear um, as well. So uh, not that he could ever stay healthy in the first place. But, you know, just looking at those two, I, I think we expected at least the at least from the Tiger side, I think we expected them to be a little bit better. And, and right now they're seven games under 500. Yeah, I mean, first off, just looking at the looking at the twins, um, you, you mentioned Sano, losing Sano. He's actually been the worst, one of the worst bottom like bottom five players in baseball. He's been worth almost almost negative one war. So uh, that's been a rough for him. And, uh, you know, I hope he gets better, but there's definitely better options there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the Tigers, um, you know, they've been, they've been pretty bad and it hadn't all been their fault. They've got a lot of injuries too. Uh, you know, Casey Mize is out. He was a guy that they were kind of counting on to take a step forward this year. Uh, help out their, uh, you know, help out their, uh, their rotation. Uh, Tariq Skubal has been really good. That, that's been a solid, uh, you know, a really solid uh, uh, development so far for them that he's been, you know, he really looks the part of a, of a really solid pitcher. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has been incredibly unlucky. He has a 375 fielding independent pitching and a 533 ERA. That's not going to sustain. He'll get, he'll get back on the, on the mark. So their pitching will probably be okay. Matt Manning's actually been pretty decent. Uh, even though I believe he's out with injury right now. Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. Out. So, 
Um, but, you know, their bullpen hasn't been especially good. Uh, but their pitching's been all right. The lineup, you know, we were worried about it because there really isn't all that much in that lineup. And we, you needed, you know, Torkelson and Riley Green, who, who is injured, to really go off and, and Javier Baez to play like he did with the Mets last year when, when he was over there. And Javier Baez, for the most part, has played like that. His walk rate, while it's not good, is, is 6%, which is far better than anything he's typically run in the, like, 3% range or 4% range. So, you know, he's getting on base at a 333 clip, which is good for him. A slugging percentage of 500, really solid. He's going to be good defensively all the time at shortstop. So he's been worth a half a win above replacement. Austin Meadows has been a really good trade so far. Been a little bit lucky on balls and play, but I mean, at, you know, 153 WRC plus, he's been, um, you know, he's been really good. But other than that, I mean, it's just been rough for them. I mean, you got really nothing. I mean, Spencer Torkelson has been a roughly a league average hitter. Uh, he's striking out a ton. He definitely looks like he needs a little bit more seasoning and, and, and needs to work on his game a little bit. Um, you know, I, other than that, I mean, you're getting what you get for when you're, you know, main guys are like Jonathan Scope and, you know, Harold Castro and, you know, 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera. I mean, they're just not going to be very good. So, um, you know, Daz Cameron. Eric Haas. I mean, these guys just aren't all that good. Akil Badu's been rough so far. I mean, they just, I think Candelario will turn it around, but other, I mean, it's been a rough season so far for the Tigers offense. So they'll be okay. They'll be better than they are right now, but they're not making playoffs. So no. And and just to further along that point, and then we'll move on to the AL central. Um, You know, I mentioned the white Sox were 28th worst in, uh, you know, offensive war per fan graphs. Detroit is 29th with a, uh, you know, they, they have a higher WRC plus per the team for the base uh, between the white Sox, but still it's, it's been rough. Um, but we'll go ahead and move on to the AL West. Now where we have the angels leading the division at 15 and nine, where we have Houston and Seattle tied for second at 12 and 11, two and a half games back. Oakland at 10 and 13, four and a half back. And then Texas bringing up the seller at eight and 14, six games back. Yeah. So uh, this has been a really interesting division so far. Um, I think everyone kind of knew that the angels had a chance to put it together. Um, drink drink you know, the juice. Yeah. I mean, it, everyone knew they had a chance to put it together because they just got so much talent on that team. I mean, you got trout, Otani, Rendon, you know, Walsh, you know, and, and then you had a couple of those prospects that have come up that were top 50 guys in the last couple of years between Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele. You figured one of them was going to figure it out. And then, you know, they got some other surrounding players like Fletcher or Max Stassi. I mean, you've got a lot of good talent on that offense. And you just knew that if they were healthy, they would figure it out, which they have. Uh, you know, the Angels have been so far when it comes to. Uh, runs scored, I believe they're number one. They're tied for first in the in the majors in runs scored coming into the night. They are tied for first in the in the uh, majors in WRC plus. So it hadn't just been like a really high batting average with runners in scoring position. Um, they are uh, they've been really good so far. They're fourth in own base. They are uh, third in slugging. They're pretty. I don't think they're yeah. They're fourth in batting average. I mean. This is a team that's been really, really good at the plate, uh, and the offense is mashed. But the pitching's also kind of held up, uh, which 
you know, I think we kind of expected their pitching to take a step forward, but they've been about a league average pitching team and 17th uh, in the league. They're not striking a lot of guys out, but, um, you know, they're doing a good job managing. Um, you know, they brought in Noah Syndergaard. He's been pretty solid. Uh, his numbers, his ERA is really good, but I don't think he's been quite as good as that. Otani's shown, you know, at times shown improvement. At times had been the best in the mound, hadn't had his best outings, but he'll be fine. Um, you know, Patrick Sandoval is a guy who should get a lot of love right now. He's been really good so far. So this is a team that's done good. Their bullpen's been pretty good, other than one game the other day that, that their bullpen really kind of fell apart in the ninth inning. They still won that game, but uh, Glacius really struggled in, in that game. But uh, their bullpen's been pretty solid. I mean, that, there's a lot to like about this Angels team, and I think they're probably here to stay, especially in a division that – it's not the weakest division, but it's not an especially strong division either. So uh, they've been the Angels have been one of the stories of baseball so far. And I can't. I'm praying that they stay there because I want to see Mike Trout in the postseason. Yeah, so do I. Um, and, and I wanted to mention a guy. I almost picked him as my player of the week, but I went in a different direction. But I, I want to talk about the year Taylor Ward is having. Yeah. Like he, if you look just at the pure offensive numbers between him and Mike Trout. Taylor Ward has been a better offensive player this year. Like it's wild to say a guy who wasn't even on the the cusp of, you know, the major leagues the past couple of years, like been a, a career minor leaguer, just bouncing back and forth, utility guy. And then now he's getting a, a full fledged shot and he's batting 390, a 493 OP, uh, on base percentage, a 746 slugging for a 261 WRC plus, And he's put up, you know, one and a half war so far. And Mike Trout's put up 1.6 war so far this year. Like you mentioned Sandoval, you mentioned the guys on the pitching staff who have taken a real step forward. Taylor Ward has been a big guy for the angels offensively as well. He's hit some big homers for them. Um, you know, second, I think second or third on the team in runs, like second on the team in RBIs. He's been really, really good this year. Um, and if they, if, you know, obviously he's going to cool down some, but if they can get him to be a consistent major league bat for them, even that just makes that lineup even take another step forward. Um, I really do like the Angels. I drank the juice in the, uh, you know, in the preseason predictions. I picked them to win again. I was kind of scared at the time, but uh, I'm kind of happy that they're they're good because, like you said, we need to see Mike Trout and and now even Shohei Otani get into the playoffs um, and have a deep playoff run because um, I just think that will help the game so much. But uh, you know. Looking at the the teams that are second and third, Houston and Seattle, um, you know, Houston's been basically what we expected right now. Offensively, they're the eighth best team in war. Pitching wise, they are where are they at? They're twentieth in pitching, so their pitching can be a little bit better. Um, you know, Justin Verlander has looked amazing coming off Tommy John surgery. I was really worried about getting a thirty nine year old Verlander, what he was going to come back look like, how durable he was going to be, and he's basically picked up like the Justin Verlander we knew at thirty two. Like he's just been really good so far. One seventy three ERA. The the peripherals don't quite back up to that level, but still a three FIP and a two ninety X FIP. Um, you know, in four games he's been really well. Um, Jeremy Pena, he's struggled to kind of, you know, get that gap or to replace Carlos Correa, I should say. He's hit some homers. Uh, you know, he's at five homers. He's leading the actual leading the thing. I can't speak. He's leading the team in war, uh, but only with 215 average and a 292 on base. Um, you know, Jordan's been really good this year, but 
you know, overall the Houston team, I think we expected them to be a little bit better, but you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't think that it'll stay this way for long. I expect them to pick it up. Yeah, Houston. Houston's been a lot better than they're getting credit for. They have a his, like a historically low BABIP as a team. I mean, Jeremy Pena BABIP, you know, two twenty six. That's way lower than he he'll he'll end up at. And you know, it kind of shows he he probably will end up around a two fifty two sixty average when that BABIP stabilizes. Jordan Alvarez, as good as he's been, he's a one eighty seven WRC plus. He has a two seventeen batting average on balls in play. Uh, Alex Bragman, a 230 batting average on balls in play. Kyle Tucker, 281, low for him. Uh, Jose Altuve's batting average on balls in play is 179. Jeez. These guys are going to be fine. Like they they they've been really unlucky at the plate. Um, you know, it's been they're not as deep as they were last year. You know, they are missing some of those guys. I honestly don't think they're missing Correa, really. Uh, I think Jeremy Pena has been perfectly fine. He's been pretty much the same guy Correa was, except that maybe just not quite as as uh, well-rounded, as consistent offensively. But, I mean, he's going to be fine. A 226 batting average on balls in play, it's gonna, that's going to come up. I mean, it, even if he's not a huge balls in play guy, like – huge bad Babbitt guy. I mean, you know, the minor leagues last year in the minor leagues, the lowest he ever ran other than 2018. when he was in low a was three twenty five last year. I mean, that, that number is going to come way up from where it's at right now. So, uh, I definitely like what the Astros have offensively pitching wise. Like you said, they haven't been great. Um, but you know, I think they'll be okay. They're still missing some guys. And, and I also don't think Framber Valdez is going to end up running a 649 strikeout per nine, five walk per nine ratio. I mean, he's just, he's better than that. We know it. Um, you know, I don't think that, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like this team's going to end up being fine on both ends. Um, you know, their bullpen needs some work. I think that's not super shocking that they're going to need some bullpen work the way this team's looked to start the season, but uh, they're going to be fine. Um, but moving on, uh, looking at the, uh, you know, the, the, the Mariners, uh, I think the Mariners have been really interesting this year so far. And the reasons because I think some of the guys who have really carried them are not the guys we expected. We thought if the Mariners were going to be really good, that they would be carried by, I mean, Ty France, we kind of expected him to be one of their key pieces, but we thought they'd probably be carried by Julio Rodriguez if they were going to be good. And maybe like Jesse Winker, but those guys haven't been good. JP Crawford's been really good for them so far. Um, And then pitching wise, I mean, you look at uh, Robbie Ray hasn't really been good. So, but they've still been, you know, decent pitching wise. And and it's because of uh, Gilbert, Logan Gilbert, who we thought, you know, he's a prospect last year. We thought he might end up being really good this year. He could be a guy that carries it, but we definitely didn't expect him. Although I was a little bit low on Robbie Ray. We didn't expect him to be better than Robbie Ray by this much. So that's been pretty interesting. Yeah. And just looking at, you know, a guy like they brought up Matt Brash this year to be that fifth starter. He's really struggled this year. Um, especially with command. I mean, we're looking at a 6.88 walks per nine so far. Um, you know, Marco Gonzalez, he has a 405 ERA, but if you look at the FIP, it's been a 643. He hasn't been that that great either. Um, they've been a team that was has been really carried by their offense so far. You know, you look at their offense uh, per fan graphs, it's been the fourth most valuable offense so far this year, whereas in Seattle, their pitching staff has been 26th ranked pitching staff so far this year. Yeah. Um, that, I was going to say now, one thing that 
One thing that really worries me going forward about Seattle, too, is the fact that their pitching, if you look at traditional numbers, has actually been good. They have a 327 team ERA, but they have a 415 team fielding independent pitching, which is what's putting them down so low. That's really worrisome for them. Yeah, I mean, you expect Robbie Ray to probably take a little bit step forward. Um, you know, I, I think he'll probably go to more of a, three, a mid threes ERA than an above four. Uh, you know, Logan Gilbert's been really you know, really good this year there. He was a really hyped prospect. So I think people expected him to take a step forward. Marco Gonzalez has always been kind of just a solid pitcher, but they need to get somebody else in there. They need to find something else. Like Matt Brash has really struggled. Uh, you know, when does George Kirby get the call? Like he, he's been a guy who has looked really good so far in the minors and, you know, do they give him the step up and maybe demote Brash and see what you have in Kirby since you've already, you know, right now Brash is struggling. So, you know, the pitching staff, it, it's something that looking towards the middle of the year when we're getting close to the trade deadline, if it's still struggling, I expect them to make a move there. But offensively, like you mentioned, the guys who have been really, you know, driving it aren't the guys we expected really. Now, Julio Rodriguez, it's been sort of unlucky because of, you know, the bad strike calls he's been getting, like the historically bad strike calls. He won't, he won't have a 35% strikeout rate, I don't believe. Um, you know, he hit his first home run. He's looked decent with his approach up there. Just he's been getting awful calls against him. Um, Eugenio Suarez, I expect him to, to step it up a little bit more. He's looked pretty decent. Um, you know, Jesse Winker's really struggled to begin the year. Uh, you know, he'll, he crushes righties normally. He's really struggled against them this year. Lefties, he's not been great against ever, but He'll, he'll take a step forward. Mitch Hanniger, who was a, a really big contributor for them last year, you expect him to be one of their better hitters. He's hitting 200 with the 222 on base this and he's year. Only played, and he's only played nine games, which, right. has been a, which has been a problem for him in the past. So Right, and, and Kellenick, you look at Jared Kellenick, he's a guy that he's had 74 plate appearances, 22 games so far. He's at a, a, lot, a 134 batting average and a yeah, 203 and, on base. Yeah, and Kellenick needs to be in Triple A. He really does. I think he's lost his confidence. He's just not seeing the ball well. He's out of whack. He needs to go down to AAA and figure it out. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, this is a team, like you said. I mean, I, you know, I think it's one of those teams that I think they're a year away still. A lot of people were picking them this year. But, you know, a lot of times when you have to call up on all these young guys, as good as talented as they might be, it takes them a year or two. And not every one of them is going to end up being, like, the – next best thing immediately and i mean you know you talk about matt brash i mean he definitely was the guy that was very 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 hit or miss when you when you talk about what he could be this year i mean he has he's had command issues in the minors that's a bit that's a problem for him he's, he's got like a you know i think they grade him at like a 30 grade command or something um you know so i mean you look at like they'll they'll call up a couple guys and maybe one of them sticks and does really well um but it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I, I'm, I, I think this is a team that needs, you know, they need a lot. And the offense just isn't deep enough. Even though they've had a couple of really good performances so far, they're not deep enough. And the, the pitching's just a little hit or miss right now for me. So, Yep, definitely need to, uh, to step up consistency-wise at least. But uh, looking at the next two, we have Oakland, who offensively has been – They've been all right. They're 21st offensive ranking. Uh, they're pitching. I think they were 22nd, so they've been right around that 20s. I think we expected them to be even worse than that so far, so I think they've had uh, 
you know, they've had some guys like Paul Blackburn has had a really good start to the year um, pitching wise. Um, you know, I think the big story with the A's right now is what we've really seen. It's just the historically low, like 2000 people per games that are showing up. Yeah. But, uh, and then Texas at the bottom of the division at eight and 14. I think we kind of expected that. Yeah. I, I mean, with Texas, I don't know if we expected to be quiet as bad as they have been. I think we expected them to be not a contender, but they've been really bad. And um, I'm really worried about them going forward because two of their big free agent signings have not looked good at all. Um, I mean, Marcus Simeon has been legitimately one of the worst players in baseball so far. He's got a 186 batting average on balls in play. His plate discipline numbers are fine. I think he'll be fine. But still, a minus 0.4 wins above replacement on the season for him. And then you look at their pitching, and, uh, you know, uh, John Gray has not been good either. It, it, he, he's, he's dealt with some injury so far this year. But, I mean, in 12 innings, he's got a 750 ERA. So, um, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle for two of their big ticket free agent signings that they made. That, that's worrisome for them. So I think going forward, they need those two guys to take off, and, and then maybe by the second half, they'll have some guys come up and um, some of those some of their minor leaguers that are, that are pretty highly thought of come up and, and start to start to take off. But they have had some good performances. Corey Seager's looked pretty good. Um, you know, Adolis Garcia has been pretty good so far, um, and uh, Nathaniel Lowe has been pretty good. So they, they've had some good um, they've had some really good performances as well. It's just. Um, you know that they've got some work to do offensively. They haven't been that bad. It's just that that pitching is man. Martin Perez has been their most valuable pitcher so far. I mean, it's it's rough. Yeah, they are they are the worst ranked team pitching staff um, per Fangraphs this year so far. So that should that should tell you. I think their offense is like twentieth or something so far, but uh, been pretty bad for for Texas. But let's move over to the NL East now, and we'll talk about the Mets, who are leading the division at 17-8. and eight. Uh, We got the Marlins in second at 12-10, and 10, three and a half games back. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies are third at 11-12, and 12, five games back. The Braves are 11-14, six games back. And then Washington at 8-16, eight and 16, eight and a half games back. Yeah, so uh, looking at the East, uh, the Mets have been really good. Um, they've had some bounce backs so far from guys that struggled last year. Jeff McNeil is a, is a bounce back guy so far. Uh, Francisco Lindor has been pretty good, uh, bounce back guy. I mean, I say pretty good. He's been extremely good. He's been pretty good. Francisco Lindor standard of his career. He, he's looked like, like he has in the past. Um, you know, they've had some pretty lucky, uh, stuff with balls in play. I mean, Jeff McNeil has a 400 batting average on balls in play. Mark Cannon's got a 465 batting average on balls in play. You know, they're running a pretty high BABIP as a team. Pete Alonso hadn't really got going yet. Uh, they probably are going to need him to start, you know, get going a little bit. But the pitching's also been really solid for them. Um, they, they've they been, um, you know, they've been, they've been really good on the mound um, for the most part. You know, you look at uh, – Tyler McGill has, has, has really started off well. I don't expect him to continue this pace, but he's been good. Scherzer's looked pretty good. Maybe not quite as Scherzer-like as as in the past, but he's been good. Um, Chris Bassett's been solid for him. Carlos Carrasco even has been good so far. So this team, their bullpen, um, you know, Edwin Diaz, really solid. Uh, everyone, everyone on this team's pitched well so far. Um, except for maybe a couple guys, Trevor Mays really struggled. That's been that's been tough, and really the only other guys that have struggled for him have been guys who were kind of in mop up duty. So, 
most of their main pieces are, are doing well, and that's without obviously uh, Jacob Degrom, who could be back, you know, at the you know sometime in June or July. So uh, this team's been really really good so far, and uh, you look at the other teams in the in the East and the NL East is you know the Marlins to me have been the second best team in this division, and I think the I think they are in second place. So uh, the Marlins have been really good uh, pitching wise. I mean, just we expected them to be good, but but offensively. Um, you know, uh, they're they're not quite a juggernaut, but they've been pretty good. I mean, they have a you know the the, the run scored category. It's been rough, but everywhere else, I mean, you look at their offense, a one ten on team WRC plus. Their teams hit above average, or as a team, they've hit above average, four point four wins above replacement. That does include defense, which has been really solid for them. Uh, that ranks them sixth in the big leagues, and they're value out of position players uh they've had really good seasons so far jazz chisholm's looked like the guy that we thought he might be able to be joey wendell's looked really good this year brian anderson's had a bounce back um they've been really really solid you know contact hitting team um for the most part uh, not a lot of home runs but um you know when you combine a really really good pitching with uh, an offense that has a lot of good on base contact guys that are that are play, play great defense. They're this is a tough team to beat, and I mean it's gonna be hard to beat Pablo Lopez and his you know .9 WAR to start the season. But but I mean it's not just him. Jesus Lazardo has been really good, so uh, he's been really really good, which is surprising. I mean we didn't expect Jesus Lazardo. We expected him to maybe take a step forward, but we didn't expect a you know a two twenty nine field independent pitching from him and a 310 ERA, I mean, in his first four starts. He's been really solid. Um, and that's without Sandy Al- Alcantara even get going yet, really. Um, so, I don't know. I kind of like this Marlins team right now. They've been they've made me a believer a little bit. Uh, they definitely need a little bit more work in their bullpen. That's something that's going to take some time. Anthony Bass has been really good. But they, they definitely need some of these other guys to step up there. But, uh, but all in all, I mean, the Marlins have been really solid this year. And I, I think truthfully, they have been the second best team in this division so far. Yeah. So jumping back to the Mets real quick, um, based on offensively, they're the most valuable team um, so far. Uh, pitching wise, they're the fifth best team. Uh, they actually did end up throwing a no hitter on Friday. It was a combined no hitter between Tyler McGill, Drew Smith, uh, Joely Rodriguez, Seth Lugo, and Edwin Diaz. Uh, it's not. It wasn't all that impressive because they did end up having six walks throughout that game. There was a lot of base runners um, on there that it, it didn't make it feel like a, a true no hitter, uh, really. But also, they a bit the you know part of the bigger news this weekend was that they DFA'd Robinson Cano. Um, on Monday, you know, a guy I think they still owed what was it, forty-eight million or sixty-something yeah, million four, or something? I think it was about forty. Yeah, something like that. So they they ended up DFAing him, getting him out of there. Leaves guys like JD Davis. Uh, you know, there was talks about me, JB Davis, or a uh, oh, what's his name, Dom Smith, getting traded. They are both staying on the roster for them. But uh, you know, the Marlins. I think the the big surprise for the Marlins has like you mentioned that their pitching staff really hasn't been the pe- the thing to carry them. We thought if the Marlins were going to be good this year, it was going to be led by the pitching staff. The pitching staff so far is the middle of the road. And then if you look at offensively, they're like, you know, the sixth ranked offensive team per the fan graphs war and tied for fifth with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, you mentioned jazz Chisholm has been the guy to lead them. Wendell's been good. Brian Anderson, you know, it, 
he's been good so far. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? He's a guy who's always struggled with that. Um, you know, and that's without guys like Abasayo Garcia being, you know, you know, their big free agent signing to the off season. He so has a, a 46 WRC plus. So Lair so far has been really bad as well. Jesus Aguilar hasn't been good. Miguel Rojas hasn't been good. I mean, a 185 with a 221 on base. Like we don't expect Rojas to be some, you know, all-star hitter, but he's a better hitter than that. And he has a 44 WRC plus right now. Like, and they're still at like the sixth ranked team right now, offensively, which is really wild. And the, the pitching is just going to get better when Alcantara figures it out. You mentioned Jesus Lazardo. We expect him to take a step back, but who knows? We've seen them develop pitching before and, and got, you know, Jesus Lazardo was a former top prospect that people thought had all the talent in the world. So maybe they found something with him and he's able to, to continue it. But I, they have been a surprise to me so far. I didn't think they would be, you know, I, I didn't think they would be really bad. Like a lot of people were thinking they'd be, but they've been, you know, the second best team in this, this division so far, like you mentioned, and, and their record shows it with where they're at. Uh, I think the real disappointment has been the Braves so far, you know, 11 and 14, six games back in the division. I mean, you, you would know better than all of us as, as being a fan of them, watching them day in and day out. But it just seems, you know, between the injury bug and then just inconsistency so far, they've really struggled. Yeah, the Braves have, they really have struggled. Um, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been tough. To, they've been tough to watch so far. Um, you know, a couple things, the Braves are really high up in hard hit rate and they are really far down in batting average on balls in play, so they've been pretty unlucky offensively. But, I mean, they're striking out a ton. I mean, they are, I think they're, like, yeah, they're top ten in the big leagues in strikeouts, which, you know, they're not around teams, like, that are really good teams. They're around teams like Baltimore, Arizona, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, the Tigers. I mean, that's the type of teams they're around right now, strikeout rate. Uh, They're really struggling. They're not getting good production in, in, in clutch situations really that's been a problem for them that's kind of one of those volatile things they are hitting a lot of home runs still which is interesting but um you know they've been around a league average offensive team the defense has taken a huge step back in the outfield now part of that will come from you know get get a little bit of help from ronald acuna jr being back when, when he's fully back in the outfield he's been playing but uh, you know, a lot of times he's DHing. They're taking it real easy on getting him back full time in the outfield. So when he comes back to being that full time outfielder, uh, that'll help a lot because I mean the outfielders they've been running out there defensively. Marcelo Zuna, Eddie Rosario before his injury have been really really rough. Um, but the big problem I, I've I've found with the Braves has been pitching. I mean they've been really 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 struggling on the mound. Uh, you know compared to their standard. You know night they're they're the um, you know, they've been about, I believe it in, you know, field independent pitching, they've been 12th, but they're having over four ERA right now, which, I mean, part of that's bad luck too. They've been the eighth worst team in ERA. They have a huge discrepancy there, but some of their guys that they count on, Charlie Morton has looked awful so far. Um, he He's walking tons of guys. He's not getting swings and misses. He's looked really rough. Um, the best pitcher on the Braves so far, and probably possibly one of the best pitchers in baseball so far, has been Kyle Wright. Max Fried's looked really good, but uh, the bullpen's been pretty good. Kenley Jansen's looked vintage so far this year. Um, AJ Minter's looked really, really good, but uh, you know they've been running guys out there like Bryce Elder and um, you know Kyle Muller. Ian Anderson's really struggled so far, so. 
you know, those are some guys that I think they really need to get these guys going. Um, because right now, you know, they're giving a lot of innings to guys that are really struggling. So, um, and they, they need to get going. You know, they're seven games out of first place. I mean, that's, that's true. And that you, like I said earlier, you can play your, you can play your way out of a division in April. You can't win the division in April, but you can play your way out of it. And they're doing their best to play their way out of it right now. Um, but you know, um, Moving on to, to the other teams here, the Phillies have been very interesting. They've been hit or miss. Um, you know, they've been, uh, you know, they've been top 10 uh, offensively. Um, you know, they haven't been near as bad as we expected them to be defensively. They have, they've been bad, but not near as bad. They haven't been historically bad. Um, and, um, I mean, they, you know, they, they just been, their pitching hasn't been great. They've lost some close games. Um, you know, the pitching's been about mid middle of the pack. They look like a 500 team to me. Uh, so there's that. And then you look at, um, you know, the nationals are, are awful and the nationals probably aren't going to win. They might lose a hundred games and it sucks that Juan Soto is stuck there. So. Yeah. Looking at the Phillies, you know, you've had slow starts from guys like Kyle Schwarber, um, but he he'll go through these stretches. He'll he'll get hot later on, and we'll talk about how he's looking phenomenal. But he's on one of his cold patches um, so far this year. Um, you know, Gene Segura hasn't looked great at all. Bryce Harper he's he's not playing up to the Bryce Harper self now. Part of that's because of he's dealing with an elbow injury um, that could be affecting his swing. It's on his his right arm, which is his extending arm. Um, you know, when he's batting. Their pitching hasn't been awful at all. Like, you know, Zach Eflin has a 450 ERA, but his 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 FIP is 287. Like, Kyle Gibson has a 293 ERA, but he's more been like a four guy. Aaron Nola is a 390. The FIP has been right there, but the expected FIP is 247. Like, you just expect them to be good. Zach Wheeler hasn't looked good at all this year, although his ERA doesn't. You know, he it his ERA says he's a lot worse than what he has been. But he's just not striking guys out like he was last year and walking a little bit more than he did. Like I, I expect the Phillies to be to be a little bit better. I expect the pitching to get a little bit better and more of their impact bats to help them. But their defense has been better than we expected. So, you know, where's that gonna where's that gonna balance out over time? Um, and you mentioned the the Nationals are just bad and they might lose hundred games. And I don't see any reason why they, you know, they are gonna win more more games than what we expect. But looking over at the NL Central now, we have the Milwaukee Brewers who are leading the division at 15 and 8. The Cardinals are second at 13 and 9, a game and a half back. Uh, the Cubs and the Pirates are tied for third at 9 and 13, five and a half games back. And then bringing up the seller of this division, we have the Cincinnati Reds who have been the worst team in baseball at 3 and 19, 11 and a half games out of the division. And they are, I think we can easily say that they are already lost the division. Yeah, um, so starting off with the Brewers, I mean, they're exactly what we expected them to be. They're really good on the mound. They actually might be better on the mound than we expected them to be. Uh, they're really bad at the plate. Maybe not quite really bad, but they're like bottom bottom 10 or 12 at the plate. Uh, on the mound, Corbin Burns has been Corbin Burns. Uh, Eric Lauer has been really good. Uh, 23 innings pitched. He's got a 193 ERA. His peripherals back that up. 13 strikeouts per nine for Eric Lauer this year. It's insane. 
Um, you know, you've got uh, Brandon Woodruff struggled so far. That's been pretty surprising. Uh, his peripherals say that he's better than he's ERA has been, but still, that's been pretty surprising. Um, Josh Hader has been incredible. Their bullpen's always good with, with him back there. Devin Williams has been not good in their bullpen. So uh, even with him struggling, they've been good. Um, this is just a really, really, really good pitching team right now. Uh, at the plate, they are they're they're not very good. Um, as I said, they're you know they're not the worst team in baseball at the plate, but they've been pretty rough. Um, you know they they've had a, a, obviously Willie Adams has carried this offense for the most part. Um, he's been solid. I mean, their best hitter is hitting what like 250. I mean, average wise, like even I don't believe in average that much, but like still, I mean it's pretty bad. Um, you know, they don't get on base at a very high clip, but, um, you know, they're just, they're just not a good offensive team at all. Um, you know, their team, they, I mean, Christian Yelich has looked bad. Um, this is just a team that, you know, they're going to go as far as their pitching carries them, which I mean, their pitching will probably carry them to the playoffs and not out of the first round. Cause that's it, just like it did last year. I mean, that's kind of what we're looking at with this team. They really need to make some kind of acquisition uh, in, in that offense to, to really to really get going. But, I mean, the Brewers are the best team in this division. Um, and, I mean, I, it's kind of close with the Cardinals maybe, but it, it's they're definitely the best team in this division. So, Yeah, and then mentioning the Cardinals, uh, looking over there, you know, second place in this division. They're about middle of the road offensively and um, on the mound. You know, they had their big free agent signing. One of them was Steven Matz. He hasn't, you know, his ERA is four fifty six, but the peripherals, you know, don't don't say he's been bad at all. Like a two eleven FIP and a two fifty or two yeah two forty nine expected FIP. Like he's ten strikeouts per nine, one point nine walks per nine. Like that's really good. He just hasn't been getting the uh, the timely outs. You know, um, Wainwright hasn't looked great, but I mean a three fifty or a, a 345 FIP is about what you would expect Wainwright to be at this age. Giovanni Gallegos, like the ERA is, is what really kills this. Like he has a 563 with a 208, you know, FIP. Offensively, they've, you know, Nolan Arenado has looked like Nolan Arenado's in Coors again. He's batting 359, a 432 on base, a 220 WRC plus so far. Tommy Edmonds had a really good start to the year, you know, over 300 average, over 400 on base. Harrison Bader has really struggled, but I think we don't really know him as an offensive guy anyways. Paul Goldschmidt's looked good. You know, they're even getting Pujols, who's hitting 265 and a 324 on base. Like, they're just a solid team. The Cardinals always find a way to do this. They're never going to blow you away offensively or on the mound. They're just going to find a way to be good, be right around that, you know, 10 to 15, 16 range. And I think they're even a little lower than that right now. But over the course of a the season, they'll they'll get better. Yeah, I mean, and, and talking about the Cardinals, they really need to start, and they, I guess they really have, they need to start taking away some at-bats from Riyadier Molina, who's been really, really bad, um, and give them to Andrew Neiser, who's been pretty good. Um, you know, that's something that needs to happen. Um, and, I mean, they, they've been solid. Paul DeYoung struggled. They, they, could use a, they could use some help with the shortstop. But, I mean, they've just been a solid team. You mentioned Harrison Bader struggling. You know, in my opinion, he's been pretty good because – 
you know, as good as he is defensively, putting up a 100 a league average offense at 100 WRC plus, I, I find that pretty. I think that's pretty solid. I mean, he gets on base a lot too. He's he, he's not a high on base guy at 321, but you know, he's got a good walk rate. So even if his average is low, he's probably you know he's still getting on base at a at a at an okay clip. So um, I, I really like this team so far. Um, you know, the, the thing that worries me a little bit about him is on the mound. I think, um, you know, I think that there's been some, some guys that like, I mean, I, I mean, Dakota Hudson's got a 275 ERA and a 466 fit. Um, you know, some of their guys that have been starting the Jordan Hicks experiment has been kind of weird. Uh, but you know, he's been starting games for them. Steven Matz has been a lot better than his ERA. Miles Mikolas isn't going to sustain a 152 ERA on the season, but he's actually been pretty solid. Uh, you know, Wainwright's looked okay. I mean, they, they haven't blown anybody away offensively. They just they look like an above-average team on offense and defense and their pitching, and nothing more, nothing less. And I think that's probably coincides like a wild-card-type team, just like they were last year. So solid team, not an elite team, but, um, you know, they're, they're pretty good, so... Yeah, and then we'll just wrap up this division pretty quickly because of the other three and jump to the uh, NL West. But looking at third place, you got the Cubs. Their pitching has been awful. Uh, 25th ranked in there. Stroman and Kyle Hendricks have been really bad both. Um, you know, the rest of that rotation hasn't given them anything either. They have Justin Steele in there, who says like a 550 ERA. Um, their offense is middle of the road, um, and even that, they struggle at times. Pittsburgh, they're... 26th ranked offense their pitching is not very much you know i think where are they at pitching wise they're 28th pitching wise um i think we just we all knew the pirates were going to be bad the reds i didn't think we all th- thought they were going to be this bad but they are 30th offensively and 29th pitching wise um value wise yeah. so yeah a couple couple quick comments there the cubs bullpen has been pretty solid they've really had four guys that have pitched really well out of their bullpen keegan thompson david robertson the, go- or the ghost of David Robertson's been really good. Scott Efrost has been really good in his first 10 innings. And uh, Rowan Wick's been pretty good in his first seven seven innings. They've all, all pitched a decent amount. Keegan Thompson's actually picked 16 innings uh, to an 0.54 ERA, which is really nice. Uh, but uh, and, and then you mentioned the Reds. The Reds have so many injuries, too. That does not help them. Castillo hasn't really been pitching. Uh, you know, Tyler Molly hasn't been great. But they, they just... I don't know. The Reds seem like a team that kind of knew before the season they were cooked and melded in. So, um, you know, that's kind of the worst type, the worst thing you want to see. But uh, definitely a struggle for them. Uh, and also, Seiya Suzuki is, is still has great numbers on the season, but he's cooled off a lot. And that hasn't helped the Cubs because he was carrying them for a little while there. But Absolutely. Jumping over to the NL West now, we have the Dodgers leading the division at 14 and 7, uh, tied with the San Diego Padres at 15 and 8, just between the Dodgers have a little higher win percentage, but they're tied technically right now. Uh, the Giants at 14 and 8 are a half game back. Uh, Colorado at 13 and 9, a game and a half back. I think they've been the big surprise so far. Arizona at 11 and 13, four and a half games back, bringing up the bottom of the division. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's been this been an interesting division so far. You know, you can probably speak to the Dodgers better than I can, but um, I mean, they've had some good contributions at the plate from uh, you know Freddie Freeman's looked really good so far. Um, you know, some of their guys like like Mookie Betts has been good, but he still has he's not he's definitely not you know fully going yet. Um, you know, he has a 119 WRC plus, 
but you know, uh, just a 231 average, 348 on base, 372 slugging, not not great there. Uh, but you know, he, he's been fine. He's a good base runner and outfielder. You'll, you'll take 120 WRC plus through the first, uh, you know, through the first 20 games of his season. Gavin Lux has looked like a little, having a, a mild breakout. Um, Will Smith's looked like his typical self. Um, a lot of people, and we'll probably disagree on this, but a lot of people have been encouraged by Cody Bellinger. And to me, it just seems like he ran into a few mistakes early, but he's striking out at a ridiculously high clip and, is hitting 208 on the season, you know, with a, he does have a 110 WRC plus, but, but that he really still doesn't look great at the plate. Um, and, uh, you know, it is a little worrisome to see Max Muncie and Justin Turner not play very well, but I mean, they have gotten great contribution from some of these guys. And I mean, they, they're so deep that, you know, having a couple guys not play at their best doesn't, doesn't really hurt them that badly and then their pitching's been good because i'll tell you what clayton kershaw looks about as good as clayton kershaw's ever looked which is pretty hard to believe yeah he's looked really good um you know especially coming off with the elbow injury losing him and not being able to pitch in the playoffs not sure if he was even going to come back to the game this year um he's looked really good walker bueller's looked you know really good as well um struggled with his command in the last outing um, but basically the pitching staff has been what's carried them offensively. Uh, I think there's a little worry with Max Muncie just because, you know, he did have that torn UCL in his left elbow. Um, and he didn't get surgery on that. So I think there's always the fear that that might not, um, you know, be great for him on the long run. And he's really struggled to start the year. Justin Turner, he's a notorious slow starter anyways, maybe not to this level, but he usually starts slow. You mentioned Cody, um, you know, Cody Bellinger not looking great at the plate. The only thing that I am encouraged by is while, yes, he is still striking out, he's his at-bats are looking a lot better. It's not like he walks up to the plate and it's three pitches and a strikeout. Like, he's consistently getting six pitches in an at-bat, seven pitches in an at-bat. I think the other day he had a 14-pitch walk. Like, and he's hitting balls hard. He's just hitting them right at people as well. So I, I'm encouraged because he's showing at least signs of, of – you know, when you saw him late last year and into the playoffs, it was throw three high fastballs right by him, and then he'd go sit right back down. And this year, he's he's taking those pitches a little bit better. He's fouling them off while he's still not hitting them like you expect. The the at bats and the discipline at the plate have been a lot better, and that's what I'm encouraged. Even though the results haven't showed that yet, um, you know, offensively they've just been inconsistent. At least um, they have yeah. big blow up innings at times, but then there's times where you think that they should score five runs and they don't score any. Um, and that's that's been the part that that will improve, especially when you got, get guys like Muncie, you get Turner, they, which they haven't really moved them around. They've left them in the heart of the order um, once they get, get going, really. But looking at the, the rest of the division, you know, you got San Diego, who offensively has been the second best team so far this year. I think that's what's been the big surprise, especially not having Fernando Tatis Jr., um, you know, on there. And then Eric Hosmer, who I'll talk about here in a little bit, he's looked really good this year. Their pitching is middle of the road. I think we, everyone expected that to be a little bit better. You Darvish has really struggled, you know, at times besides that first outing, Joe Musgrove's looked really good. Mackenzie Gore's looked really good. Sean Manai has been basically what you would expect, but the rest of the staff and then the, the bullpen really outside of Taylor Rogers just hasn't looked that great really. Yeah, that, that Taylor Rogers for Chris Paddock trade ended up being a really, really good win-win trade because 
the Padres, I don't know what they would be doing in the bullpen without Taylor Rogers and the the Chris Paddock's been really good for the for the Twins too in a pl- place that they really needed somebody. So that's been a pretty solid win-win trade so far. But uh, you know, looking at the Padres, Manny Machado has been extremely good. Uh, you know, one thing about the Padres is they are running some really high batting averages on balls in play from their top two guys. I mean, you look at Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer; they are not going to sustain the level they're at right now. Uh, especially Eric Hosmer. I mean, he's done this before where he does have one season where he does really well. Um, you know, he just hits the ball on the ground so much. And uh, that that's worrisome. But, I mean, he's, he's not striking out much. He's getting on base. He's always going to be a pretty good on base guy. And the big thing with Eric Hosmer, too, is he's been good defensively, which is surprising because he's been a really poor defender at first base, you know, throughout most of his career. Um but, you know, you look at this team, and, and, and that's kind of where they shine has been defensively. I mean, 6.4 defensive value. They're the second-best defensive team in the big league so far. They have been good offensively, but that, that defense has really shined, and it's helped their pitching staff a lot too. So uh, that's been really solid. Um, you know, when they get Fernando Tatis Jr. back, assuming that they do get him back at some point, um, you know, in, in the second half, that's going to be a boost. I like what the Padres have done so far. They, they definitely look a little bit more mature this year, too. Uh, last year, they looked like they were struggling at times with just, you know, they, they would – they just looked a little bit more, like, excitable last year. They looked like they weren't ready for the moment yet. But this year, they seem like they're ready. Uh, moving on, uh, you know, third place right now is the Giants. And, you know, the Giants are exactly what the Giants are. They are a team that has been – um, well, just say interesting. Um, you know, they're pitching. Carlos Rodon is really, 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 really special. And if he stays healthy, that's going to be, you know, good to watch. Logan Webb has been really good. He's a special pitcher as well. Uh, Alex Cobb has not had a great ERA, but he's looked really, really good. And he's throwing hard, which is shocking. And they mix and match. And, 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 and I mean, does it even surprise anybody that a guy like Jacob Junis has been really good for them? No. Like, I mean. Not at all. You know, John Brebbia, Zach Littell, these guys have been really good for them. That just, that surprise, that didn't surprise anybody that they figured out a way to utilize some of these guys that nobody else wanted. So yeah. um, that's kind of the story of the San Francisco Giants is they utilize guys the way nobody else does. Jock Peterson's off to a really hot start. That's kind of a Jock Peterson thing. He'll be off to a hot start and then cool off all of a sudden. Um, I mean, we, me and you both know it. He's been their most valuable player offensively. Um, you know, I mean, you look at, you know, their offense really is Brandon Crawford and then a bunch of guys, and you know, other than Jock Peterson, who's been incredible. So um, offensively, they, they do worry me. But uh, so far, it's been a really interesting team, and that pitching's going to be really good all year. Yeah, they've missed a lot of people as well. Um, you know, like Lamont Wade, they've missed him all year. Yastrzemski's been out. Longoria's been out. Brandon Belt's been on COVID. Like, they, they've missed a lot of their key pieces as well. That was really good for them offensively last year um, or have been a part of that core, at least. Um, you know, another name you didn't mention that they just find, like Harlan Garcia he has a zero ERA, even though the, the peripherals yeah. don't back it up. I think the big thing for the Giants so far, you know, they've been a top 10 pitching team. They've Their offense is right around that 13. Uh, I think they're 13th in the league right now. I think it's been that they haven't been as good defensively. They're usually a team that we see pretty sound defensively, and right now they're, you know, middle of the road defensively. Um, 
So I expect that to take a step forward, especially when they get all these other guys back. But, um, you know, they always find a way. They do. Um, and it's an even year, which means that they're going to be amazing somehow after they did it in an odd year last year. But I, I want to spend a little bit of time on the the team that's fourth in this division because they I don't feel like they've been talked about enough. That's the Rockies at 13-9, and nine, a game and a half back. I think everyone assumed that this was going to be a three-horse race in this division right away. Um, and Colorado has really done a great job this year. Pitching-wise, they're 14th, which is saying something for pitching in Colorado. Um, you know, war-wise. Offensively, I think they're 18th, and that's without, you know, really getting much of an impact from Chris Bryant. He's really struggled. Um, and I even think he's on the IL now. Um, but you look at guys like CJ Crone, who's having, you know, broke out last year, is having that year. Connor Joe is a name I don't feel people talk about at all and he's he had a really good 2020 uh, this year is 282 371 a 142 wrc plus been their second most valuable hitter um ryan mcmahon has looked pretty good o- overall the batting average isn't there but on base wise i mean he's he's doing it randall gritchick has been one of their best trades like trading ryan tapia to get randall gritchick who's hitting 338 with a three his on base isn't good but he's slugging well um you know, their team, Jose Iglesias has a 306 and 368. Like, they've been really good offensively, which, I mean, that's Coors Field effect, but their pitching, I don't think pitching is a lot of people you expect, especially in Coors, their pitching is going to be one of the worst in the league. And they're right about middle of the road, which is, I think, an accomplishment for them pitching in Coors. Yeah. So, one thing that I, I like to look at for, for when Colorado and how they've been successful with the pitching is they are fifth in the big leagues in ground ball rate from pitchers. And, you know, when you're in a lot of places, like if you're in, you know, a normal stadium that doesn't really, I mean, it matters, but it's not as big of a deal, but cores, that's a huge deal. And I think that's, that's big for them because not only in cores, are you, you know, giving up home runs or, are high there, but the outfield is so large that you get a lot of those pop-ups and weak contact. Even if you're getting weak contact, it's falling for hits because the outfield is so large. If you get it on the ground, it's that infield's the same as the infield anywhere else. And being top five in the big leagues and ground ball rate is, is a very big deal for them, uh, which is, you know, that that's kind of how they've been successful because they haven't been striking a ton of guys out. They, they haven't been walking a ton of guys, but, I mean, it's not been but, – but their home run rate's low in a ballpark like Coors, and that's mainly because of getting the ball on the ground. That's been important for them. Um and then, you know, you look at their batting and, I mean, they've had some, some pretty high um, – they've been, had some pretty good performances. Like C.J. Crone, you say, has been really good. Connor Joe's been really good. Ryan McMahon's been good. Charlie Blackman's been pretty solid, which is a good development. He struggled he's struggled at times the last couple of years. He's definitely been aging. Randall Gritchick has a really high batting average on balls in play, but he's been, you know, pretty decent. Um, you know, this is a team that I think is um, – you know, I think they're – I think they're – a, a decent team. I also want to mention that I don't think Brendan Rodgers is going to be the worst player on this team all year. Um, he's got a 158 batting average on balls in play. He's been one of the worst hitters in baseball this year, minus 0.64. He's not going to he's not going to be this bad all year. He's not. He might not be great, but he won't be this bad. Uh, but you know, this is a team that I think is definitely a lot better than, than they were kind of expected to be. I didn't understand going, coming into the season, the hate that they were getting. I mean, I get some of the, some of that hate for them, but, um, I don't know. I, I mean, it just feels like, um, you know, it feels like a, a lot of, you know, the fact that the Rockies have botched execution on a lot of their, 
moves they've made doesn't necessarily make them a bad team. I think a lot of it makes them a team with a low ceiling, which I think this team is. I think they're about at their ceiling right now, which is, you know, right around 500. And I mean, they've had some good sequencing. They've, they're four games over right now, but fourth place in the division is probably the ceiling for this team in this division. But, you know, still, they've been pretty se- decent. So, yeah. And then quickly just wrapping up with Arizona down um, bottom of this division. Uh, pitching's been pretty decent. Merrill Kelly's been good. Zach Gallon's been pretty good as well. Uh, we've seen uh, Madison Bumgarner. The ERA shows 119, but the the you know the FIP and the XFIP are, are mid fours, high four. Um, you know the team's not great when you're giving you know Zach Davies meaningful innings. Um, and offensively, they've had guys like Nick Ahmed be pretty good. Paven Smith's been really good. Um, Dalton Varsho's played pretty decently as well. Cattell Marte's really struggled to start with. Christian Walker's really struggled. Carson Kelly, another guy who you expect to be, you know, one of their better offensive contributors, has been really awful this year. Negative 14 WRC plus and negative 0.5 war. And he's been positive defensively. So um, Carson, you mentioned Carson Kelly. He has actually got a higher war pitching than he does hitting. There you go. Fun fact of the day. He's, I think he I, pitched, he's pitched one inning this year. I think, and, that's, uh, uh, I think that's yeah. how we just need to wrap up talking about the Diamondbacks yeah. right there. He's a, three, hey, he's, a, he's a 3.08 FIP and a 0 ERA. That sums everything you need to know up about the uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks so far this year. So uh, let's jump over and we'll do our players of the week real quick. Um, if you want to start with who is your hitter this week? My hitter this week is Jordan Alvarez. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, as we know, is a really, really good DH uh, one of the best in the big leagues. I think he's – I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think he's the second coming of David Ortiz as a, as a DH. He's really, really, really good. And he's having an incredible start to the year. A 199 WRC plus on the season so far. He homered again today. Um, this is a guy that over the last week has, has really just been killing it. Um, he has hit um, – he's hit – uh, 435 with a 552 on base and an 870 slugging over the past week. Uh, that's a 312 WRC plus, three home runs, uh, seven runs scored, six RBIs. That's in you know seven games. Uh, 0.8 WAR. Um, you know, I if Jordan Alvarez could play a position, he would be one of the best players in the big leagues. But you know, with him play, being a DH, he's just a really, really, really good player. But still, um, Jordan Alvarez has been really solid, and I like him a lot. Just think the Dodgers traded him for Justin Fields. Fun fact of the day. Uh, so for my hitter this week, I mentioned him a little bit earlier, but I'm going with Eric Hosmer. Um, you know, he's had a really good season so far, but his week 400 batting average of 556 uh, on base and 850 slugging a 289 WRC plus 0.7 war this week, three homers, uh, five runs, nine RBIs, a 26% walk rate pretty much, which is pretty insane um he's been one of the key contributors for that san diego padres lineup right with him and manny machado and uh you know the the week he had after the whole offseason of him getting traded even into you know potentially opening day and right after opening day about the big trade with the mets or whatever um and to come out and have the year he's having so far i think it's pretty cool no doubt but who do you have for your pitcher of the week 
my pitcher of the week is actually going to be Drew Rasmussen from the Tampa Bay Rays. This is a guy, this is another, we talked about that win-win trade between, uh, with Chris Paddock and uh, Tyler Rogers. This trade right here has been a really good win-win trade too. This occurred last year. Willie Adamas going to the Brewers and and the Rays getting Drew Rasmussen and JP Fireisen back. Drew Rasmussen so far this year, they, they've converted him into a quasi-starter. Like he's not pitching a ton of innings in each start. He's kind of an opener, but he's kind of a three to four inning opener, more so than that like one inning opener that they've been using. Um, so he's he's kind of somewhere between an opener and a starter, but he's been really good. In the past uh, two games, th- th- this past week, he actually pitched 11 innings in his two starts. So that's kind of close to starter level. I guess that is starter level production these days. But, uh, you know, he only gave up one run in those 11 innings, uh, 9.8 strikeouts per nine. 1.6 walks per nine on the season. He's been really solid. A three a 313 ERA on the season. 317 fielding independent pitching on the season. This is a guy that in that role, you know, trying to pitch him four to five innings a start, just see the see the batting order twice. Uh, I think he's going to be real successful. He was he was the same way last year uh, between the two teams, and I think he's going to be that way this year. He they the Rays have carved out a perfect role for a guy who has kind of reliever upside. But, um, of course they have. I mean, it's the Rays. Yeah. They, they always find a way to do stuff like this. Um, so it's not surprising at all. Uh, but for my pitcher of the week, I went with Dylan Cease, uh, a guy who we talked a lot about in the, the prediction show that we think he could be a potential Cy Young contender this year. Um, you know, looking at his week, he had two starts, 13 innings, um, a 138 ERA, and 039 FIP. Um, one of his starts he had, it was a, a seven inning shutout or seven innings of shutout ball against the angels with 11 strikeouts. And his other start was six innings, two runs and nine strikeouts did have three walks against the Royals in that game. But, you know, Dylan Cease has been everything we pretty much expected him to be outside of the one little start in Cleveland where he gave up four runs and five and a third. Um, you know, he's given up four runs altogether through his other what five starts or four starts this year so you know dylan cease uh, especially with the pitching injuries that the the white Sox were dealing with at the beginning and then still now with lance lynn um you know being able to carry that team has been pretty impressive so far and one that i think a lot of people saw coming into the years he could be one of those those sneaky good guys and and you know one of the upper echelon pitchers um kind of growing into it but no doubt about it but Cease has been really good. But uh, I know we rambled on a little bit longer on this episode, but with the first rundown, we like to hit at least on every team and give it a little bit. When we do these moving forward, they won't be this long, I promise. But uh, unless you got anything else to wrap up on? I don't believe so. Um, you know, season has been interesting so far. Uh, we have noticed that maybe offense trending a little bit up compared to what it was for the first couple weeks where everything looked awful offensively. So that's interesting, but uh, we'll keep an eye on that going forward, but uh, maybe talk about it a little bit more next week. So, but, uh, but yeah, exciting season so far and uh, just ready to keep it rolling. Yeah. And see what that uh, offense looks like when we start getting into uh, the more heatful months of summer, yes. but, yes. but uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the bat flip podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks everybody.